Brothers, do you remember how you felt when you were first called to Freemasonry? The excitement of each degree? If you still feel the call of the East, join me and thousands of Masons like us as we continue our Masonic journey as Scottish Rite Masons. For five years, I've been a proud Scottish Rite Mason. Since joining, I've made friends with Masons from far and wide. I've grown as a man and a Mason, guided by the light from Scottish Rite's 29 degrees and six core values, and I've continued to hone my craft thanks to their great Masonic programming for members. If you're feeling the call for more, there's a great way to get involved with Scottish Rite. It's called Thursday Night at the Rite. Thursday Night at the Rite brings together thousands of Scottish Rite Masons online to witness degrees, deepen our connection to our craft, and learn more about ourselves and our brothers. And a new season kicks off on February 1st. Not a member yet? No problem. Submit your application online. Once it's accepted, you can join the Scottish Rite online too, right before any Thursday night at the Rite. You can also join in person at a Scottish Rite reunion near you. To learn more about Scottish Rite and to see this year's Thursday night at the Rite schedule, visit srnmj.us slash Thursday night. I've witnessed the power of Thursday night at the Rite in enriching my Masonic experience. It's not just an event. It's a journey that brings us closer to perfecting our Ashlers, and you don't want to miss it. This episode is brought to you by Brothers and Bonds Co. With an expertly curated line of Masonic apparel, gifts, and accessories, we're excited to show you what makes us uniquely Brothers and Bonds. As a listener of this podcast, we're offering you 10% off your first order with us. Just use code TRAVELINGMAN at checkout. That's uppercase, all one word, T-R-A-V-E-L-I-N-G-M-A-N. Be sure to find us on Instagram or at brothersandbonds.com. Hello, welcome to episode 80 of the Traveling Man Masonic Podcast here in the 24th District of Ohio, a podcast where we discuss our Masonic journeys, thoughts, family, life, future, connections made through the craft, and so much more. I'm your host, Right Worshipper Brother Jim Hall. On today's show, we'll feature Brother Bob Walters. The opinions discussed on this podcast are those of the individual and do not represent the views of Grand Lodge or any other Masonic body. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy the show. Okay, we are here on episode 80 of the Traveling Man Masonic Podcast, and we have Brother Bob Walters with us. Bob, thanks for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, since everybody knows me, and they don't know you, why don't you tell your listeners here a little bit about yourself? Where are you from? What do you do for a living? Some hobbies? What What's the story? Yeah, so I was uh, born and raised in Bowling Green, Ohio, which is like Northwest Ohio area, yeah. and went to high school there and everything. And um, then once I went off to college, I went down to Athens and to Ohio University. And nice. so I'm currently in my third year there. So that's been uh, very exciting. One more year and part of a semester to go. Sure. I'm a, a theater major, uh, technical theater. So all the behind the scenes, uh, particularly the sound stuff as well as a stage management minor and uh, getting a podcasting certificate. And so that has been uh, very exciting. So do a lot of theater, done theater uh, since I was eight, uh, started acting. And then then I got into more of the technical side once I reached more of like high school where we actually had a really nice performance space and equipment and stuff, which was very cool. So nice. So so now I got the feeling like, Maybe this whole episode, I'm being judged. No, I'm joking. But oh, am, you're good. I am looking forward to, uh, you know, prodding you for a few podcast ca- questions along the way. Pod podcast questions. Wow, my tongue is fat all the time, so I apologize about that. All good. I know from talking with a few guys that know you and come coming on a show here that you're relatively relatively new Mason. So. How new is new? 
how how long have you been a master mason i have been a master mason for less than two days currently so friday two days today is february 25th just so everybody knows tomorrow this show will will preview but two days of master mason so the experiences as a master mason are 48 hours or less give me a little insight on what drew you to Freemasonry? They're always, you know, whether it's a family member, whether it's a a general enjoyment of history, or you just see the temple downtown. What was the uh, deciding factor and moving factor that got that meter moving? So I actually have the same exact name as my grandfather, who passed away when my dad was about 10 years old. Okay. And so I am like this namesake to a relative, like an ancestor of mine that I've never met. But I had always heard growing up that he was really involved in Freemasonry in Bowling Green. He was the worshipful master of the lodge as well as the head of D. Malay and wow. also was a 32nd degree member of uh, Scottish Rite. And awesome. so that was something of... I always knew of my grandfather, knew of his connection to Freemasonry. And so I pretty much for as long as I can remember, I've always figured that I would join Freemasonry at some point. Okay. But I didn't know exactly when it would be as like a way to connect with my grandfather who I never got the chance to meet. Yeah. Oh, that's, I love the family aspect of it. And I myself had a grandfather that was a Mason. And when I was a freshman, he passed away. I never got to ask him about it. I did I did know he was, but I only knew because of his ring. I can remember him wearing his ring. And I always thought, like, what in the heck is that? <laughs> and so that that was always in the back of my mind. So what what was the uh determining factor when you decided now's the time? What was it? Where did you just free up? Did you meet somebody, talk to somebody and kind of move you in that position or what what happened yeah so i was in the prop shop for practicum hours which is just hours working in the shop helping to contribute to the shows sure. when the shop manager of the prop shop uh, brother bracy actually mentioned how uh brother bracy was a mason and was talking about the lodge in town and everything and yeah. so i piped up of like hey i've always been interested in this and like thought about joining it and kind of um, found out some more about like what the sort of time commitment would be more of um, actually talking to a Mason to find out what it is rather than just, you know, what's been passed on through my family and found out that it really would be a pretty good time for me to be able to join. And I actually joined at the same time as another member of the prop shop who um, his schedule has been definitely a bit busier than mine in how he focuses theater. So he hasn't been able to, um, be at the lodge as much which sure. is you know completely valid work uh, needs to come first yeah, yeah um and he did the one day class as well so he was able to get a lot of it um done pretty quick with but um yeah no that was the um spring of my freshman year and i am now in the spring of my junior year so it's uh taken longer than i think most people uh to get up to my master mason and i actually have had a different worshipful master for each of my ceremonies, which was very interesting uh, okay. to see how I get, get a different experience each time. So Sure. Well, you know what I really like about this is you get so many people that say, I, I got to go through this in, you know, January, February, March. I just returned and I came back and I came back. And I like that you're obviously busy. You know, you have other things that you're trying to cram into your head alongside masonry so i appreciate you taking the time to get through that but also to make sure that your school and this now i feel like a dad i'm thinking about my kids like i hope my kids do that <laughs> you know <laughs> but you know you take that time because let's be honest in the long run right now to your career and your life that's first and and i love that you didn't say hey you know what i'm going to put masonry three years from now when I graduate, but no, I'm going to work it in, in my own time. So that's pretty awesome that you were able to juggle both of those and continue on. No, it was, it was a really interesting process to do that and take the time for it. I also went traditional 
uh, for the return work. Sure. And so that took quite a bit of time as well, but it allowed me to really take the time to work on it when I could. And even if I was, um, say, like stage managing a show or something where I'm not able to go to Lodge for uh, like stated meetings for a couple of months, right. I'm still able to like work on masonry on my own time by uh, meeting with my uh, wonderful advisor, Chad Kapinski, uh, <laughs> yes. and, um, you know, be, be able to practice that on my own time. It was really cool and uh, it definitely made it feel like I worked for it for every single one of the th uh, main three degrees of Blue Lodge of you know, I've taken the time, I've taken uh, my, I've, I've put the work in to sure. do this return work and uh, see it pay off in the end. Yeah, you know, there's always, and and I always want to frame this as not in discrediting a one-day class, because I know, I know people that are very close to me masonically that went through one-day class, Worship Brother Jack Barnhouse, just a fantastic man and Mason. But you know, when when you go through and do the traditional return, there's that sense of pride that you, you know, you you had to work for it. And and like I said, I don't want to ever make any one day Mason feel like they're less because of it. They are not, not at all. Oh, for sure. But, you know, that that's hard. It, it's not easy to do that. You know, there's a lot of work and prep and to be able to do that in front of everybody you know, that was not my skill set a long time ago. I was shaking like a leaf when I had had to do that ritual return. So I'm proud that that was my moment. And I'm sure there'll be a point in your Masonic career when you look back longer than 48 hours from now and, and think, wow, you know what? That was a real turning point for me. You know, there's a lot that can happen in Freemasonry and life that can build off of that. With you taking... And it's kind of nice that even though you've only been a master mason for two days, two and a half days now, uh, you've been a mason for a while, you know, with the way it's kind of panned out with your studies. In your time in between, and, and I'm going to equate this to driving a vehicle, if you drive a PT Cruiser, you start to see a lot more PT Cruisers, right? Or that's an older car, so I'm sorry. I'm getting old, son of a guy. But, you know, same thing. I didn't start to see Masons until I was a Mason. And I'm looking at every bumper and every finger and every, you know, seeing seeing if I can find new Masons. So were you able to run across any new Masons or maybe people you didn't know were Masons in that time span in between? Yes, actually. Um I had always growing up been able to kind of identify some of like the basic symbols, you know, square and compass, that sort of thing. Anytime sure. we'd drive through a town, be like, oh, there's the lodge there and, um, yeah. you know, see the occasional bumper sticker. But that definitely increased in frequency once I was like more aware of it and had it more present on my mind. I also found out that I, and I don't know how I didn't previously know, uh, but I have some friends whose uh, dads were our master masons as well. Um, so one of one of my closest friends growing up I've known since elementary school, um, and his name is Mason, and his dad is a master Mason. Perfect. And so um, that was very cool, uh, as well as one of my housemates, uh, her dad is a master Mason as well. And so the day that, you know, we all moved in, um, being, you know, uh, being a guy and living with two girls, that's something that, you know, some parents might be a little bit worried about and everything. <laughs> yes. Like, you know, regardless, regardless of who it is. Sure. Um, but the second that I was like, oh, by the way, I'm a Mason. Like, you could just see the relief wash over him of like, cool. I, you know, there is someone in this house that I can like, you know, trust my daughter with. Like, you know, what, you know, take care of the house and sure. um, be good to her and everything. And it, so it, it was really cool to um, see that change. And, um, you know, not like he didn't like me before, but, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> You know, we, we had met a couple times before because I've known uh, both of my housemates since freshman year. So we, we've we been close for a while. But yeah. Uh, and also growing up doing theater, um, the now husband of my like main director growing up, Cassie Greenlee, uh, her husband, Chase Greenlee, joined the Masons back in like 2020. Yeah. And so I was able to actually, you know, practice a little bit of the return work with him, which was very cool. And he introduced me to uh, the Wood County Lodge, which was very cool. So uh, one, yeah, one of my first or second, it, it wasn't my first, obviously. I think 
my like second or third stated meeting for any lodge okay. was actually in the Wood County Lodge, which is a beautiful location. It's right downtown and it's actually two stories tall in yeah. like the main lodge room. And oh, yeah. so being able to go there of like, okay, I'm a Mason here, you know, being Bob Walters a Mason in the same room. My grandfather, Bob Walters, was a Mason. Uh, oh, yeah. And I asked around to see if like anyone had known my grandfather and he passed away in uh, 70 or 71, I believe. So, you know, it had been a while. I didn't really uh, expect I might find someone that would know him. Um, but there was uh, one person there who knew him uh, named Jerry Milner. And he was definitely one of the, like the older members of the lodge currently, but he was the Tyler the night I was there. And uh, he told me that he was actually a uh, third base when my grandfather was raised as a master mason wow so that was very cool to find that connection and be able to do that um as well as i went through some of like the old uh documents and things to see and oh. they have a bunch of records of like the different stated meetings and everything that my grandfather presided over as worshipful master so i plan to head back there uh some summer when i'm home to really kind of document those for my own uh personal use to have have those records which is very cool yeah you know i I like the aspect that you have some people that you know around the state there were it takes sometimes and, and myself included took me a long time to venture out from east palestine lodge you know i was kind of like mm, i don't really know anyone else so i'm gonna stay here and be safe so it's really cool that you've already been to a different lodge and you start to see a little bit of that. You know, this lodge is a little different or a little bigger, or a little smaller. Um, and and you've got to start to uh, experience that fellowship and connection of Masons that you may not have known or started to realize that now you have an even closer connection because you've been through something and now you're Masons as well. So it just makes that connection even stronger. I love that. Oh, yeah. And I had actually been to the Wood County Lodge as a small child before because they uh, Bowling Green has a festival called the Black Swamp Arts Festival. And it is a huge, like, full weekend event where all of downtown is shut down and they bring in, like, artists from all over that are, like, selling their work. And so that is, like, you know, the big event growing up. But since the lodge is downtown, I remember uh, one year, quite a few years back, they had an open house. And yeah. so my family, who is all downtown, actually got the chance to go up there and see the lodge and, you know, walk around and talk to some people. And granted, I was fairly young at that point, so I don't remember a whole lot about oh. you know specific details about that memory. But I do remember, you know, what the lodge looked like seeing there being there. And so, you know, being there as a Mason, it wasn't my first time there, but it was my first time as a Mason. And so that brought a whole new meaning to just like existing in this space. Um, that was, that was really cool. Absolutely. You know, it, we, we get a lot of, a lot of guys that say same sort of thing. Grandparents or parents were Masons and they know the lodge because of, and, and yours was an open house, but they would come to the Christmas party. Or, you know, something to that effect. So they have a little bit of that in their wheelhouse already. And then once you get in the lodge, that kind of always comes out. Um, so it's nice to have that kind of that base right off the bat. So and it um, so my grandma is actually an Eastern Star member as well. Okay, um, nice. And she, she's still living. Um, her, na her name's Marion Walters. Uh, everyone calls her sis because, uh, you know, live in a very small town. Yeah. But um, she hasn't been active in quite a few years. But with my Masonic journey starting, it's been cool to kind of talk to her about that. And, you know, we dug through some stuff and found her uh, Eastern Star Bible, which was very cool. And, yeah. um, you know, finding different things and talking to her about it. Um, she was also, I believe, one of the officers of Eastern Star back then. And um, granted, she hasn't been active for a while. I, yeah, no, it's been very cool of, um, you know, hearing the stories that, her and like uh, my aunts and dad remember of um, my grandpa, you know, getting up early in the morning uh, before everyone having his uh, book there and practicing his memorization, you know, sure. first thing each morning. And um, so that was also part of why I wanted to do the more traditional route of, you know, that's that's what my grandfather did and everything. And um, so, yeah, it, it's cool that I, you know, have this connection to my um 
grandfather who's no longer with us, but also a connection to my grandmother who still is. So that that's really cool. Yeah, absolutely. What about, let, let's look at your journey so far. And, you know, you've been through the degrees. What, what do you think of them? What was your, what was your thought? You know, I'm, you know, obviously you come in and you're not sure what's happening. And so uh, what was your thought of the whole process? Just, just since it's fresh in your head. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a very interesting process. It wasn't too foreign to me, honestly, because a lot of that can be somewhat reminiscent of a very eccentric director's type of like acting workshops or that type of thing of like, okay. oh, we're going to be doing something of like, okay, put you in this situ situation and then you can, you know, we'll try it and see it and, you know, make discoveries. And yeah. um, so that, that was a lot of like what my, when I still acted with the high school. And so it was really interesting of, you know, having this kind of atmosphere that isn't completely foreign to me, but with a completely different meaning and power behind it. That was sure. really interesting of seeing how, oh, this is very similar, but it's really not. It's, you right? know, it, it is something completely different, even if on like, you know, a very surface level uh, examination of it, it seems like, you know, oh, okay, I, I know this. And it's like, no, yeah. I, th this is something special. This is something that, you know, unites people through, you know, unites the brothers through time, through space, through anything yeah. of, no, it is a really transformative process that, you know, has an end result and, that was that was very cool to experience something in an entirely different way. Yeah, absolutely. What about the brothers? When when you come in, was it something where they did you feel like they made you at home? I when I joined, once again, I live in a small town, so everyone knows everyone. But I was also I had a very big anxiety about speaking to new people just very shy doesn't seem like it right now but that's that's one of the things freemasonry has given me the confidence to not stop talking as everybody knows now but was that something when you walked in there did you feel like everyone just opened their arms and welcomed you right in or did you kind of have to get through the motions a little bit before you felt like you were in the in the group honestly it's a bit of both um i think Everyone there definitely welcomed me full, full, uh, full send right away. Sure. You know, no holds barred of, you know, talking to me and trying to teach me the ways and everything. And I think a lot of, you know, any trepidation I had was entirely myself. Sure. Of, you know, not wanting to do this wrong, you know, not wanting to mess something up, not, you know, knowing exactly how anything works. But as I continued my journey into masonry, I realized that they don't care. Like I'm learning. That's the point of it. Like yeah. there is nothing to worry about of everyone there is so ready to help me learn how to do it, help me to be more familiar. And if I have a question, like, you know, they'll sit down with me for what starts off as maybe, you know, a five minute question and then turns into an hour or two hour long chat after yes. <laughs> lodge or something before that. And so, um, and if someone maybe didn't know the answer to my question, they would point me to someone else who did. And it was honestly, the daunting part was how many people there were that were so ready to help. Um, oh yeah. They all know each other. They have this brotherhood and me trying to quickly learn everyone's names and get acquainted and, you know, learn how to do all the parts of the organization, but also learning more about each of these different people. Um, yeah. And also overlapping that with college. I have met so many people <laughs> at college right. that it's so hard to keep track of everyone. And so then adding this whole brand new group of people on top of that um, was very exciting, of course, but sure. it's definitely, um, definitely ambitious to try and uh, get to know everyone. So. Yeah. I, I know I'm horrible with remembering names. I like faces are a lock into me. So I can only imagine that when you get in, you're like, 
bomb. <laughs> that was it, you know. Uh, but I, I think on the flip side, and this is this is kind of, I like being on the other side and seeing, you know, what the guys are thinking when when you join. You know, there are, we are very excited to have somebody that is excited to join, excited to be a part of it, wanting to move on. And, you know, the biggest was what is the quote like 90 percent of life is showing up right you know yeah. what i mean and you know we've had guys that start the journey and they get that first degree and you know then it's kind of on them and your mentor advisor to work through that and sometimes those guys don't come back whether it is they they don't like the learning maybe it wasn't what they thought and you know the more you continue to show up, that bond just gets so tight with those guys. Uh, I'm glad that you were, I'm glad you were able to juggle that in school. It's still, it's blowing my mind. You know, I, I don't have school and I don't, sometimes I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to get through all this, <laughs> you know, but um, I, I can't wait. And I, I always, I'm thinking in the future, but I can't wait to have you back on the show in three, four, five years, whatever it is, and then ask, what has your journey been like since 48 hours? What has that changed? Because it will. Masonry will change you. It's unbelievable. You don't even realize it. And then all of a sudden you're like, wow, I can do X, Y, or Z or what, you know, whatever it is. There's, you know, so I'm excited for that part. But I want to flip real quick because this is podcasting and I feel like maybe I'm talking to somebody that knows a little more about it than myself, <laughs> you know? Um, so what does a podcast certificate entail? Because like I said, before this talk, I didn't, didn't realize that it was a thing. So give me a little backstory. What do you got to do for that? Are there requirements? Do you have to make a podcast? What's the story? Yeah. So for the podcasting certificate, it is only like five or six classes that you need to take. Um, there are three of them, I believe, three or four that are required classes if you need to take this like specific one. And okay. then there's a section of like five or six classes where it's like pick two out of this and then you get to do that. Um, I am currently completing my second to last class. Okay. Uh, the one I'm currently in is for the actual like capstone project where this is theoretically the final of the podcasting certificate, but you don't really need to take it in order. So I have like one of the beginner ones that I'll be taking next year. Okay. Um, but yeah, for this class, um, through the certificate, it is through the school of journalism and communications, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, and so it is more based in nonfiction podcasting. Granted, we touch on like all variety of podcasts from more like fantasy uh, fiction type to more of, you know, true crime to more like journalistic ones to ones where it is more of a conversation just kind of like this. Yeah. And throughout all those classes, it has been a balance of actual like audio mixing of, you know, once you have this audio what do you do with it? How do you, you know, what programs to use, what software to use, um, where to source sound effects. Part of it has been recording of like, you know, what's a microphone and how to use a microphone. And, <laughs> sure. Um, and then a large part of it has also been the journalistic aspects where it is talking about, you know, how do you ask a story? How do you interview? Where do you come up with a story? And finding something that you really want to work with that you're like passionate about yeah. a story that you're invested in has been a lot of the kind of like core concept of it. And so that is something that has been really cool of, you know, we listen to a lot of podcasts for homework of, you know, pick an episode or two of, you know, this general genre or listen to this specific episode to, you know, see what do you like? What do you not like it? It's been a really interesting uh, journey because I tended to have a, kind of narrow range of podcasts that I listened to uh, when I started listening. Uh, cool. I'm a big fan of Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, I'm, I'm a nice. big nerd uh, for anyone who knows me. Well, and nice. so um, I listened to a lot of like Dungeons and Dragons and like role-playing podcasts and then, you know, some other spinoff series by the same sort of hosts. 
Um, and actually, uh, Chase Greenlee, who is the Mason I know from Bowling Green, has a podcasting network that he has started with a lot of his like college friends called Ghostlight Media. And so that is one that um, I've actually been on one of the podcasts on that for Shakespeare, uh, which they, um, you know, talk about Shakespeare, of course, with my interest in theater. And um, yeah, they do some other podcasts there. So shout them out. But, um, yeah. you know, a podcast network that's... Uh, primarily run by another mason as well though completely unrelated sure um so that was a lot of my interest of you know talking to him and listening to podcasts growing up uh in like high schools because a lot of my friends did and sure. so once i got to college then i started to expand more of listen to different types um i've only listened to like an episode or two of this one uh that my mentor chad kopinski was on oh. uh, i believe <laughs> talking about the conference on midwest uh masonic education yeah yeah um but yeah, so podcasting is something I've just found really interesting. I enjoy storytelling. I've realized there's a lot of carryover between like sound for theater and podcasting where you're able to tell stories through this type of medium. And Freemasonry honestly plays into that quite a bit of being able to tell stories and, you know, improve yourself. And yeah. um, it's, I guess it might be kind of a stretch, but you know, how you tell your own story and how you write your own story of your life. Sure. Um, is a lot of what masonry is about and finding out the stories of other people. And so being inspired for that, um, the final project for my current class is three 20-minute episodes of a podcast that you get to pick the topic of. And okay. so I have picked Freemasonry as my topic for my podcast, actually. Nice. So this is this is very apropos to be able to be on this. Um, one thing I really kind of appreciated about my conversations with Masons upon joining is the deep Masonic history of Athens. It is a really deep history where a lot of the roads, a lot of the university, a lot of the buildings that I have classes in and, you know, have keys to even for some of them are named after Masons. And so yeah. many of the students don't realize that, which is fair. You know, sure. the, it's a long time ago that they were named that. And uh, Masonry isn't a, big or uh, barely at all kind of present. Uh, let's see. I don't want to say that. Freemasonry isn't really present on the minds of a lot of the student body. Sure. Even being like, hey, I'm a Freemason. They're like, well, what's that? And <laughs> yeah. so, you know, then, I, then I'll tell them about it and be like, oh, yeah, you know, the building at the end of Court Street, you know, with the square and compass and the G on it. It's like, oh, yeah, I've seen that. And I'm like, yeah, that's the Masonic Lodge. And so... um yeah, just, you know, being a Mason myself has helped to inform people about Masonry and its connection with Athens, but I wanted to dive more into that. Um, so, yeah, my I want to do probably one episode more about my Masonic journey and probably this and just kind of give people a overview of Freemasonry. So for someone who doesn't know anything, they'd be able to still yeah. enjoy the podcast. I sure. uh, probably have a second episode about some sort of historical figure from the history of Athens. And then the third episode kind of talk about masonry here in Athens today and how it's continuing to impact the town and the university. Nice. I love it. I love, first off, I feel like maybe you're going to take my job. Now I'm a little, now I'm more worried. <laughs> <laughs> no, and you know what? The best is if, and I don't know if you have a, do you have a plan once you get past this point of a podcast you're looking to do? Like is that, or is it just something that it's on your mind? And once you get past this and out of school, you'll be ready to rock and roll. Um, honestly, this podcast is something I very well might continue as a personal project and then as a like portfolio project. Yeah, I don't know where my exact path is going to take me after college. It's kind of up in the air because there's so many ways uh, technical theater and like podcasting certificate can go. I can, sure. you know, there's there's a variety of jobs in a variety of locations, but having a podcast that I've like, you know, worked on just for my own personal edification of being able to put that out there. There are so many different historical figures in masonry in Athens that I really hope to continue that podcast and be able to tell more of that Masonic history of Athens because it's something I want to learn more about. So I might as well record it and publish yeah. it and do some editing while I'm learning more about it myself. So uh, I also have a um, podcast that is not released yet. There's a couple of episodes. There's a couple episodes released and 
they're not good. I didn't know how to edit back then. Um, I'm going to plan on going back through and re-editing them. Uh, Okay. but with three of my good friends from high school, actually just like a month or two before the pandemic started, uh, we started recording, record, we started recording a, um, tabletop podcast of a, um, game that Wendy's released of like Okay. this fantasy world of fresh Tobia where it's fresh, never frozen. And, uh, the big, <laughs> okay. big bad of this world, um, is the ice jester. Uh, representing a certain uh, chain with golden arches, um, pretty, pretty obviously, <laughs> but subtle enough to avoid copyright. yes. But there was a lot of work put into this um, sort of project. It's 100 pages long with 30 about like building characters all based off different menu items. Um, Yeah. and then 70 of adventure. And so that is something that we continued to record to this day of, you know, we, we started, um, I guess it would be four years ago, four and a half years ago now, um, that we had done it. And so it's really cool to me to have this sort of archive of me and three of my closest friends from high school, you know, just messing around, making a podcast. It's not the best quality at the beginning, but it gets better Yeah. as we go. And as I learn and, um, we haven't finished the story yet. So that's something I want to finish, but we've got quite a bit on the backlog. So I've got quite a few hours of editing ahead of me. Um, so yeah, those, those are the two main podcasts I kind of look for in the
So then, you know, I was able, we worked it out and had a nice, you know, dramatic conversation with this being that is, you know, past the first door of death. And, you know, to be able to work with them and figure out a way to be able to come back. But it came back different. Like, you know, my my character was, you know, changed after that and had this, you know, it, it was changed. They grew after that experience. Yeah. And um, I'm not ashamed to say I teared up as I realized, oh, my gosh, this character that I like love so much and have invested probably, you know, 24 hours worth of time playing as, you know, was dying, was in this precarious situation. And so it's something that can be just very fun, can be very goofy, you know, having a fun time as these, you know, fantasy characters, but it can be a way to really kind of reflect on yourself and your friends and the bonds that people share that, you know, you're able to have this adventure and complete this thing and, you know, do good in this complete fantasy world. But it's Dungeons and Dragons has been very formative for me. And I, it has been a fairly similar way that masonry has. Like, obviously, masonry is a much more kind of specific way, much more um, predetermined way of, you know, this is how it's been done forever. But there's definitely ways of this parallel of how both have grown me as a person and changed me yeah I, I love it i'm getting strong gandalf the gray gandalf the white vibes from your <laughs> from your character there so but you you curtail right back into freemasonry which is where i was going with this like like i mentioned before sometimes guys go through that first degree and then they kind of wash out you know they don't come back whether it's life whether it's the return whatever it is what made you keep coming back? You know, it, and obviously it wasn't a three month period where it was like, boom, 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 you're done. You know, this, this will span out over some time. So what was that continuing factor to say, you know what, I am going to make this, put this on my priority list because I want to keep doing this. I want to attain this. Was it just your grandfather's legacy as well? Or was it the, the bonds you were making along the way? I honestly, the longest time was between my entered apprentice, like actual um, becoming a mason and my return work for the entered apprentice. That's when I took the longest chunk of time, sure. uh, so kind of substantially, actually. And that was partially due to my schedule of I was assistant stage manager for a show and, you know, we uh, left for the summer. So not as many meetings where it just didn't work. Of I wasn't able to come to the lodge. Um, you know, the, the meeting didn't work and I wasn't as familiar with it. But when I was able to make it work, as soon as I came back, even though it had been a while, it was like I never left. And so that real community of like, you know, yeah, you were gone, but you're back. You know, you you came yeah. back at least once. Sure. Um, and, you know, I, I was always planning on doing it. You know, I, I was going to become a Master Mason partially for my grandfather and partially sure. I just really thought it'd be something I would enjoy and benefit from. And so, yeah, keeping with it of like, no, I, I need to keep with it. I made this commitment to these brothers of, you know, I took my obligation. I need to do my return work. And then once I did that, I got to know them more and, you know, was texting with them and being recommended reading materials, which um, I haven't gotten through as much as I might want of that. Um, But yeah, it was really cool of, yeah, it was very much a snowball effect of kind of an exponential um, entry into Freemasonry of it took a while for me to really get started due to outside factors and just being something new. But once I got going, it has been a lot faster of being involved and feeling natural. And I remember the day that I did my return work for my fellow craft, I, it, I've i had like, you know, kind of a rough uh, year or two with some of like, you know, mental health stuff and different things that I've gone through. Sure. But going to Lodge has been really cool of like, no, I have this community here. I have these brothers like I just leave Lodge smiling from ear to ear of just like, you know, it's just a stated meeting. We just did some business, made some jokes, talked to some people, ate some good food, um, which as a college student, love the <laughs> love the meals before Lodge. Oh, that's that's one of right. well, maybe not one of my favorite parts, but it's a definite perk. Um 
And also leftovers. They know I really enjoy leftovers as a broke college student. So yeah. I got sent home with like three containers of lasagna after uh, the Master Mason raising. Um, so that was still good. Uh, but yeah, no, it was very exponential of, you know, coming back, being there and just having a good time there of I can set the other world aside, whatever else is going on, whatever other commitments I have, you know, granted if I need, hey, I need homework. I'll, you know, shoot someone to text, be like, hey, I won't be at Lodge. I need to focus on stuff. Sure. And that was completely fine. But when I do have that flexibility to kind of set the outside world aside and just be there and be present in Lodge, it was something that I haven't really experienced before. Like, probably the closest to it is with some of my, like, closest friends that I grew up doing theater with. Um, and they're also the same friends I play Dungeons and Dragons with. So, like... Being yeah, able yeah. to, you know, just set the world aside, be present there with people that I really care about and really care about me. But we all scattered to the winds for our different colleges. Uh, sure. And so Lodge was a good way to kind of be able to feel that feeling again while here in Athens. Yeah, I I, I always attribute Lodge and I'm, I'm a big, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm a big Superman fan. So that's my fortress of solitude. Like, everything else in the world all the bad of the world goes away for that hour two hours three hours that i'm there and i'm with guys that love me and care for me and want me to do the best and vice versa and if i have any issues going on that's a place i can a safe space if you will where we can come and say hey man you know what i'm struggling with x y and z or vice versa and that that's my it's where i go and recharge my batteries that when you say you leave and you're just smiling, like that's, I feel ready to take on the world again. <laughs> I'm, I'm charged yeah. that there are people still in my corner. There's still good people out there. And, and sex, go ahead. And it's so cool that there are people there for so many walks of life. Yes. Like it is so many different people with different experiences, different paths that there'll be, you know, five different conversations going on at, you know, two or three different tables, just eating dinner or after lodge or something. And each one is like on a complete other end of the spectrum, but I'm interested in most, if not all of them. Like it is, it's really cool to have this group where it is so close yet so different that that is something that is very new because my uh, close group of friends growing up were fairly similar. You know, we had all had a theater background and sure. we're pretty formative on each other having grown up together so much. So this is, I think a key difference between that and, um, the lodge is how, yeah, the, 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 um, the variation in walks of life and being able to see all these people that I haven't spent as incredible amount of time with, yeah. but am still able to be so close with, even though we are completely different. Yeah. You know, when, when I, I speak a lot about the, the rough Ashler and perfect Ashler, you know, and you come in and you're rough and you, you need chiseled pieces away so you become better at life, better at doing things. And and I think that all those men from different walks of life do that to you. you do, and that's one of those secret sauce things that you don't even realize. We were, we had our inspection last week and you don't have to worry about that if you don't know what an inspection is. Everyone out there, that's when we get graded each year on a degree so we're doing the right thing and i hadn't thought about what you just said about guys from different walks of life till just now and i was thinking you know there was a moment where i was standing beside our master who moves furniture delivers furniture our senior deacon who's a vice president at disney our the one past master who owns an auction house the other guy works in an auto body and they're all our officers. You know, one guy works on the Ohio department of transfer transportation, but here they are, how, how you would get this jumbled assortment of guys together and talking about the same thing. And, you know, I don't know all that much about the department of transportation, but when, when I talk to him, you know, we can kind of bridge that gap. So that's awesome that you see that right now, because the more you get into that, it's amazing how broadened your horizons can be from talking to so many different people in different walks of life. So I have to take a quick second. There's a segment of the show 
that I have unfortunately skipped over the last couple shows. And there's some growing animosity among a few people. Um, right wars for brother Chad Kapinski and right wars for brother Jason Laramie. I am contractually obligated to say their name every podcast. And I have skipped out on that a few times. And I owe Jason Laramie a phone call back because we've been playing phone tag and I've been really busy. So I apologize, gentlemen, for my missteps and not bringing you up in the show because they are two names that everybody has to hear every show. So the segment is back. And since we're talking about the Chad Kapinski, um, what was it like having him as your advisor? Because he is, to me, is just an absolute wonderful human being. So what was it like with him guiding the light, guiding the way? Oh, Chad Kapinski. What can I say? I mean, <laughs> uh, no, it was, it was absolutely wonderful. Uh, it was very interesting having very little context in masonry when first joining sure. of I'd be talking to Chad about something and be like, Oh yeah, I'm, you know, education for this. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. And then realizing over time, of like, oh, this guy's a big deal. Like he won't he know. won't say that, but he is. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, he'll, he'll deny it to the to the ends of the earth. But yeah. um, yeah. Like Chase Greenlee is in the Royal Schofield Society, and he had told me about some of that. And I came back, and I was like, oh hey, Chad, like, what do you know about the Royal Schofield Society? <laughs> my friend told me about this, and he was like, yeah, I started it, and I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, okay. Um, <laughs> so little stuff like that. Uh, it's been really cool of um, working with them. We both have very busy schedules. Uh, and yeah. so that, that has always been a bit of a uh, complication to it, but never a problem because yeah. we're able to just find time that works for us. And even in just like bite-sized pieces, be able to, you know, get some work in, catch up and be able to see each other. You know, it doesn't have to be in like huge monster length sessions of uh, working on stuff. And it was very cool because we'd always get off on tangents. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Which anyone who knows Chad, like that makes sense. And anyone who knows me, that also makes sense. So the combination uh, is, is pretty interesting. We're, we're quite the combo, I like to think. Um, but it was always so good of like, it was such a good way to learn more and have more context for everything of, yes, we would go through the return work and we would talk about why it is the way it is not sure. not just the fact that like here's the, here's the words here's what you do like why they are the way that it is and so that was a good context to have but then that would start a conversation about something else that's not directly related to the word return work yeah but was part of my masonic journey of like hey, how does this work? Here's like a theoretical question. How would this work in practice? And so we would we would go off on a lot of tangents that provided a lot of very valuable context. It was stuff that I needed to know about masonry, but I didn't know I needed to know. Like that is where my growth to this point has come in. Because yes, the ritual itself is very important is a large part of it. But that's only half the equation. The other half is talking to the brothers. How does masonry work nowadays? How, what's going on? What events are going on? How does, you know, how does the whole Masonic pin thing work? Because I, <laughs> right. I, I know Chad uh, collects a lot of Masonic pins. And that was one of the first things I noticed on some of our virtual calls. And so um, I tend to collect a lot of like pins and buttons of my own of just, you know, random stuff that I find that I think is cool. And so now I have a section of that that's now Masonic pins. And so, yeah, just figuring out how things work. Chad was an invaluable resource for that, of being able to talk and ask anything and really really find out a lot. Awesome. Yeah, he's, it, it's, it's crazy how the uh, Schofield Society brought Chad and I together. And, you know, before that, we were actually in one picture, and he knows this picture. It's from the uh, uh, Grandmasters Traveling Roadshow. And there were we, all of us, there's 30 of us or so, got our hands on each other's shoulders. It was kind of the end of the event. 
and somebody snapped a picture and it, it was crazy at that time i knew chad zero other than him introducing himself there and you know now i mean we text or speak weekly at least you know and sometimes it's daily and some sometimes it's him saying hey man you need to have so and so on the show or he may call me and i say you know what man this being district deputy is just running me crazy i haven't had anybody i don't have anybody on the show he's like hold on i got somebody let me make a call and you know we just bounce ideas and thoughts and life back and forth off each other just as a really 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 good dude who won't tell you that but he is he's awesome so i'm glad you got the opportunity to start this freemasonry thing with him because what a good one to start with For so sure. so you know as we've stated before very green in freemasonry though you know 48 hours or so <laughs> but Obviously, you've had some time because you've had some extended time through your degrees. What, where do you see Freemasonry taking you? And obviously, you have your your life after your college degree, wherever that may take you. So, is that something where you could say, you know, what I kind of like? I wouldn't mind checking out being an officer, or I wouldn't mind keeping it in the the podcasting world, or. You know what? I have a lot of my friends that this may be up their wheelhouse. I know that was the first thing I did was tell all my friends about it. Like, guys, you got to do this. This is amazing. You know, and then it starts spider webbing out to their friends and, and vice versa. So what what do you think the future may hold for you in Freemasonry? A little bit of all of the above, I think. Um being more of an officer in a lodge that might wait until I get more settled down in an area for, you know, sure. more, more of an extended period of time. Cause I very well might be um, traveling or bouncing around doing different stuff for a while. Having yeah. lived in Ohio my entire life, I definitely want to go try living in some bigger cities or just different places just to try it out. Yeah. But masonry is, I definitely want to continue it. Um, I've talked to so many people from uh, all of the different like addendant bodies um, or wait, what are, what are they called? It's appendant. Appendant. Thank you. No worries. From all the different, yeah. From all of the different appendant bodies. And so that was something of like, oh, this sounds really interesting. And I, you know, I'm very interested in it and starting masonry so young, I'm simultaneously like really excited of like, I want to do all of this. But also I'm like, no, <laughs> I need to like take my time, ease into yeah. it of like, I have the rest of my life ahead of me to work on these different Masonic things. And it's um, part of it is one, just what I re realistically have time for. Sure. And also what I'm able to do at once. Um, that's the same thing. But um, no, it's, you're, you're right though. You're a hundred percent right on that fact that, and, and, when I joined, I, I was like, man, check out these in, these bodies. And I started in York Rite, and then I'm in Shrine, and then I'm in uh, Scottish Rite. And, but I have, I, I can't dedicate the time that I would like to all of them. I'd like to be an officer in all of them and, you know, be in the mix in all of them. But then I'd have to give up my family because <laughs> my wife would not deal with me doing that in every single other one. So I I stay in Blue Lodge, the first three degrees, mainly. But I did do that. I jumped right into it. And I was like, you know what? I could, I could have waited and joined and enjoyed the officership. And I can still do this once I slow down in Blue Lodge. But I like that you're pacing yourself because Masonic burnout can be a thing, too you know, pile everything on and then be like, I don't have time for any of this. What am I doing? I'm not going to do this. So yeah. that's probably pretty smart to do. And I'm also really interested in continuing masonry in more of like a history aspect. Uh, this summer, I went on a trip to Washington, D.C. No particular reason. I had just never been and I wanted to go. So I, I stayed with my grandpa's cousin who lives out there. Yeah. Um, and so I actually drove to the George Washington National Masonic Monument. And granted, at that point, I was still an Andrew Prentice. So, like, 
I hadn't had much experience. Like there was a lot of it I didn't know. And just walking around Washington, D.C., I honestly really kind of want to go back now of like it was very cool to see all of this stuff as like an ended apprentice just getting into masonry. But yeah, now that there is so much more that I understand and can pick up on as a master mason and will continue to learn more, I'm sure, as well. Um, being able to see the world through this like Masonic lens is something I'm very excited for. Being able to um, understand additional stuff and uh, hopefully also continue with like the history of Athens Masonically. So, yeah. All right. Well, Brother Bob, I can't tell you how much it means to me to to talk about your journey being so fresh in the fraternity, giving me some information on Dungeons and Dragons. I wrote that down. So I'm going to now I got to start looking into it. If if my other nerd guys are going through it, too, maybe I'm missing the boat. I'm missing out. So I got to get into this. So I want to thank you. I want to always let you know my door is open if there's anything you want to come back on the show with or just talk about Freemasonry in general. That's that's the beauty of Freemasonry is you guys are so willing to sit down and let you bend their ear and go back and forth. So that's always there. But once again, thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me. This was a really cool experience. And even just going through my own experience and being able to verbalize it, I think I've learned some more about my own Masonic journey. Awesome. Well, like I said, I appreciate it. And I want to thank all you out there for listening. And we'll see you again. Mm -hmm.